even though the rest of the world isn't on a bank holiday, I think mm. we are giving off bank holiday vibes today. A big time. Yeah. yeah, I certainly I've done nothing today in true yeah. bank holiday fashion. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff, but I haven't been given it full welly. I've been laid back. And I think that's how I'm going to approach this as well. Yeah, same. I've, I got stuck in a kind of, I switched phones recently. I've been stuck in two-factor authentication hell. Mm-hmm. And I've been in there for months. I lost my Instagram account. I'm in a kind of a bank situation. I had to get the card reader out many times. When you arrived, I was really angry because I had to get my card reader out so many times. Um, so I've just, it's kind of been a bit of a frustrating day. Um, so if I find it sound a bit, you know, I think we need deflated. to change. No, no. I, you know what? I thought we could bring that energy into the podcast, but I'm realizing that's unlistenable. I, I think we have to change the energy right now. I think, yeah, I think our interpretation of bank holiday energy is different in this particular day. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, bank holiday energy. I feel like shit because I've been talking to AIB customer service all day. You also went to three punk shows in a row or two, two punk shows and a DWE grime show. I did. So, so you could be tired. on the back of that. I think we need to shake the energy up. You know, do a, do do some, a bit of motion. Yeah, do a bit. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Let's oh. shake the energy up. Let's get a bit more energy. Huh. What, oh. are you, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about movies. Hell yeah. Yeah. No, more, more louder than that. Yeah. I can, yeah. I can't hear you. Oh yeah. We're talking about movies. Ladies and gentlemen, now the moment you've all been waiting for. Good morning, Vietnam. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? Can we talk about something other than Hollywood for a change? No, I don't go to the movies much. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. So what's your podcast about? Um, the movies. <laughs> I wanted, One thing I wanted to say about the, the punk show, which I actually haven't said to you yet, mm-hmm. that I thought was really funny was we were outside and uh, yeah. we were talking to that dude mm-hmm. and he was kept naming bands and saying yeah. like do you know uh, incarnate yeah. souls and oh, you'd yeah. be like yeah 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 and like you did what it is, so yeah. well have you seen the the video for you know blah 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 and you're like yeah 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 man yeah so this, way, this very much goes on from the discussion we had last week about you being a nerd or not um because we were at this punk show last night uh you bump into this guy and you're both talking about punk bands that no one has heard of you know, for about 30 minutes. And it was like, do you know Incarceration? And you're like, yeah, Incarceration. I like their earlier. Have you heard their re-release? And it's like, no, I see them in the punk shows. Really good. Really crazy. Lots of people going really crazy all the time, rocking out. And I was just like, who are these people? Yeah, But you you you, you chimed in so well. Like you, you, yeah. you didn't just say like, yeah, like you'd say it really enthusiastically. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I made, I made a big doo-doo though, uh, because he said, have you guys heard of Flamethrower? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And you went, no, no, I haven't heard of that. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I noticed that one. <laughs> I was like, he wasn't said, expecting that. It makes it seem as if I'm a more hardcore fan yeah. than you, even though yeah. I don't know names of any of these people. Mm. Uh, it was very funny. But you were very, you, you were like looking at the t-shirt. You're like, I have this print. I was really proud of you. You were like, you knew all the bands that he knew. He had a really good knowledge. You had your tickets to that festival. He mm. didn't have his tickets. And you were like, what do you think about the lineup? There's like two rap artists on this hardcore lineup. What? And then I could see that came up a few more times with a few other people. There must be big controversy in the punk scene. There's like, <laughs> what, some, a hip hop artist. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, just stuff, you know? I, I was there. I was like, these guys are all nerds. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I went to your comedy show on Friday and I was like, the state of the people in here. <laughs> Such a such a rotten group of people at this at this show. We had them laughing though. It was a good show. Yeah, I was front row, just mm-hmm. looking Killian right in the eye the whole time. Yeah, 
It yeah. was it was very nice. threatening, very threatening presence. In the I just had my room. arms crossed and I was just raging. It was very time. funny before the show. Uh, Mark came into the green room completely by accident. Actually, he just <laughs> accidentally thought the green room was the entrance, and it was just me and Michael sitting in there uh, having our pre-show Coca Colas. And um, and then you came up to me and you were like, "Hey, listen, like we're all sitting in the front row. The front row is about five people. You're like, mm, uh, mm. it's me, James, James's mum." And and Joe and his brother all sit in the front row. Is that okay? And I was like, absolutely not. That's the worst. Yeah. Why? Why are you all um, sitting in the front row? That's te- like terrible. Well, I I did say that to James because when I got I got there like a bit later because I had a Dublin bike situation that needed to be addressed, mm. and um, I was like, man, why are you sit in the front row? And he's like, well, it's cool. We'll support. What's we'll in the front row or whatever? <laughs> I was like, man, no, that's the worst place to sit. But I also find. For me, as a viewer, mm. front row at stand-up comedy, I find very intense. Yeah. And not, not just because, like, I'm worried that people will, get, will interact with me, which they actually did. Mm. But uh, I feel like the pressure to, like, I'm like, what if I don't find a joke funny? And then yeah. they can see. It's, it's in, I mean, you can have a lot of fun in the front row. I think people in the front row sometimes have the most fun ever and the most stuff to talk about when they go mm-hmm. home. Mm. But there is, like, the front row in comedy club is always the last one to fill. Uh, you're trying to get people to move in there. And there's always this funny one where you're like... Come on, sit down in the front row. And they're like, ha, 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 you're not getting me. And I go, I promise I won't talk to you. And they're like, I've heard that before. And mm-hmm. so I do a rule kind of where I don't talk to the front row. But um, we did uh, we did interact with you on the song. We have a final song. And it's, what are you going to do after the show? And we asked Mark what, what he was going to do after the show. And he drew a complete blank. I completely lost the ability to speak. <laughs> I just went, so uh, funny. Uh, um, Honestly, that's exactly uh, it. Yeah, uh, and then he went, uh, and then he went, and we brought the mic away, and then he went, oh no, 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 wait, no, no, wait, and then we brought it back to him, and he went, uh, 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 no, Michael Fry really saved me. He said, just, just say you're going for pints, and I said, I'm just going for a few pints, and then people laughed. So I was like, that was good. Massive that cheers. Yeah, that, that worked out. But yeah. then the guy after me said he was going for pints too, and I was like, ah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I was fed the line, I was like, come up with something yourself. <laughs> Anyways, a great show. It was. And um, we're very excited for this show that we have ahead of us. A lot mm-hmm. of really good uh, films. We have The Wonder, Florence Pugh's uh, big film at the oh, moment. The Wonder. One. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Wonder. Uh, then we also have See How They Run uh, with Saoirse Ronan. Mm-hmm. Um, we have American Movie. And uh, what's the other one you're going to do? Cape Fear. Cape Fear. Classics Corner. Classics Corner. We're going to do Cape Fear. Uh, but off the head of the show, we want to address Dragon Gate. That happened on the last episode. Yeah. Uh, Mark and me kind of said that there were basically no good films with dragons in them. I was parrying Mark, but I didn't I didn't come up with any good ones on the mm. spot. And um, many people sending in suggestions. A lot of people very angry. Yeah. Um, and particularly one Joe McGugan of the podcast Stall It with Darren and Joe. Uh, Joe McGugan was was so enraged whilst listening to the podcast that he sent me this. How are you, Killian? Uh, I'm just driving at the minute, so I thought I'd send you a voice message. Um, I was listening to the latest episode of... I, I, I probably shouldn't be driving and sending a voice message. I know that's probably the most appropriate thing to do. Anyway, I was just listening to the latest podcast there, and I can't take Mark serious after spending about 10 minutes complaining about dragons, and then his favourite animal, his favourite mythical beast in a film is Godzilla, which is essentially a fucking dragon. Anyway, he can't fly, can he? It's a dragon without wings. If Godzilla is good for a year, he gets his wings. There's a, there's no idea for you. Uh, yeah, how can you not like dragons but like Godzilla? I mean, come on. What the... 
you can hear him getting so angry at the end there that he couldn't talk anymore and he put the phone down. He actually got in a crash shortly after that, didn't no, he? No. You were saying he got in quite a bad crash. No, no. <laughs> we will have Joe McGogan on the podcast to debate uh, dragons with Mark. But Mark, for now, what's your response to that? I'm a man of science, not a man of fantasy. Godzilla, scientific beast. Dragons, fancy beast. Well, um, another, another listener sent in Mark's favorite film. Famously, is Jurassic Park. Yes. Dinosaurs, dragons, they're not very far apart, are they? Man of science, not man of fantasy. Jurassic Park, science-based. <laughs> DNA. Dinosaur, DNA. That's it. That's it. Factual. Mm. Those films are, es- like, essentially fact. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the argument that it's just, a, it's just a dragon without wings, that's like saying, you don't like lo- unicorns, but you like horses. It's just, a, it's just a unicorn without a big horn. I think if you like unicorns, you like horses. I think there's Not a, necessarily. I think the Venn diagram of unicorn likers and horse likers is very full in the middle. What if, do you like, if you like centaurs, do you have to like men? <laughs> <laughs> I also would like to say that there are many films I didn't think of on the spot with dragons in them that are very good. How to Train Your Dragon, that trilogy, I think is Wah. amazing. I think it's really, really good. Uh, you Have you seen it? No, and no, I won't. You should watch it. I won't. Watch it. Afraid not. Well, someone made the good suggestion that uh oh spirited away i accept spirited away accept got a dragon in and it's good i accept um also uh the most of the good dragon films are cartoon movies and maybe dragon films aren't good when they're uh in cgi well name another one that's good that's a cartoon movie well how do you train your dragon trilogy that's amazing man what do you why are you why are you saying that someone is saying raya the last dragon someone said harry potter and the goblet of fire what are you talking about these are all listener suggestions don't be uh dicking all over our listeners (laughs) okay (laughs) dicking all over our listeners the uh any more for me i'm still remain unconvinced what do you mean you remain okay all right listen sure mcguckin there mcguckin didn't mention a single film he yeah, was he, putting up all this argument and he yeah, didn't even he, say he, a film because he knows he's a, it's, a, it's a straw man. He pointed out a massive flaw in your thinking in that you like reptilian beasts. You're no, a big I don't. fan of reptilian beasts. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do like that, yeah. Dragons, they're scaled. They fly. You should love them. They breathe fire. I mean, yeah, but as I said, they're, 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 they're rooted in fantasy and I am a man of science. Why? Why are you a man of science? What? What about you? Just how I was of- brought up. My mum works in a lab, and I'm a, I got an A one in biology in my in my leaving cert. All right, all right. And I got a B in chemistry. Well, if uh, people want to send in more movies uh, to try and convince Mark that dragons in films can be good, please uh, send them our way. Also, we will have Joe Muggan on, and they will have a tete a tete, and boy, will there be fireworks. Mm. Um, uh, another cool bit of movie news. This isn't really movie news, but uh, Martin Scorsese, Scorsese was asked this week uh, what he's watching on TV. Yeah. And he said, what I'm really liking at the moment is Dairy Girls. Really? Yeah. Which means, Crazy. Which means Michael Fry was in Dairy Girls. Yes. Many would consider us comedy partners. Uh, yes. Martin Scorsese, a fan of my, uh, my comedy partner, which means... Mm-hmm. He's kind of a fan of me. Yeah, fair. And that means that he's kind of a fan of me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this news just in, Martin Scorsese is a friend of the pod. And we can probably guess, because we had Michael Fry on last week. Mm. He's probably listened to that episode. 
He probably loves he probably loves the show and he loves everything we have to say. Did I have I talked spoken about my Conan O'Brien thing before? No. Oh man, I I went to see I used to love Conan O'Brien so much. When I was a kid, I used to like stay up late and watch the Conan O'Brien show. I think it was aired on TG Cahar, weirdly. Conan but, O'Brien? Uh, yeah. They'd show Jay Leno followed by Conan O'Brien. And I loved him. And then he was giving a talk in Trinity and I was like, holy shit, because he's like my hero. I had a Conan O'Brien t-shirt and everything. And the day before he gave the talk, I actually met him on Grafton Street and I got a photo with him. What? And I put it on Facebook and it's my most liked wall post of all time which i was delighted with and the next day i met him and then he was asking uh (laughs) he was like doing questions Mm -hmm. in 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 trinity college and um he was like okay i think we've got time for one more question and i listen i know this is so bad Mm -hmm. but i put up my hand and he's like yep what question do you want to ask and i just said what's your favorite episode of the simpsons (laughs) (laughs) and he just went everyone went Ooh, like that and then he kind of rolled his eyes and looked around and, and went like uh i guess we can do one more question has anyone got another question like oh my God. That or something and then he just like looked at me and said like i don't know lisa goes to washington or something and then he was like next question and i was like no <laughs> no that bad a question i thought it was a good question just because i like what hold on actually on that note yesterday when we were talking to people outside you were like yeah mark doesn't mark never watched the simpsons growing up and i was like what the f- why did you say that i i so i knew you had a weird thing with the simpsons and um and i remembered what it was was is that you watched the simpsons online yeah that was something that i found very strange why when we were living in paris you were watching simpsons online yeah, it's because I like it. It was just weird. It was a weird thing. Nowadays, that's not that strange, but it was a weird thing to do in like 2013. It was just so, weird. You, you you mixed up that I like watch The Simpsons a lot with the fact that I don't watch it at all. No, it wasn't that you don't watch it at all. I just I I just found a very... Back in 2014, you wouldn't be going online to watch The Simpsons. You were going online to find the things that you couldn't get. It's because Simpsons I, was so readily available. So, well, no, I lived in France. Like, it wasn't it wasn't readily available, was it? You, well, it was available. They just had the weird. Yeah. Uh, hey, Homer. Homer, qu'est-ce que c'est? Ah, bah oui. What was it? No, Homer doesn't say dough. He says, oh, punaise. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Simpsons, anyway. But yeah, mm. so Conan O'Brien, he fucking ruined. I, I ruined was me. walking um, up North Strand and I saw a, a bus come past and it had an advertisement for some movie and I thought it was Conan O'Brien and I looked it up and it wasn't it wasn't Conan O'Brien and it had me thinking I was like why why is Conan O'Brien not in movies and immediately I was like oh yeah he can't be in movies because he looks so fucking weird and like, he, he's like yeah he just he's just too distinctive anytime he imagine seeing his face in a movie you just be like well that's just Conan O'Brien yeah, yeah, he couldn't. He he's wouldn't been, be able to play. He's played himself in movies several times. He couldn't play anything other than himself. Yeah, he can't because he just looks distinctively. He's got like a weird face, and he's just very distinctively him. He's also extremely tall. Is he tall? Yeah, he's really tall. But you'd know him. You met him. Yeah, I did. Um, he's taller than me. Could you get him on the pod? Mm, yep, you could. Okay. Mm, yeah. Next week, uh, sorry, John McGugan, we are going to bump you. Uh, we're going to have Conan O'Brien mm. on. We'll fit him in between. Yeah, Conan we'll fit him in Scors- Oh, I'm not supposed to say the Scorsese. No, don't. But there will be a third popcorn boy, and it will be Martin Scorsese. But we don't want to. We don't want to give the news away. Yeah. Um, okay, should we move on to our first film? Uh, please. All right. So the first film that we're going to review is The Wonder. The Wonder. Which uh, came out this year. It's a psychological period drama uh, set about 10 years after the Great Famine in Ireland. This English 
uh, nurse, uh, which is played by Florence Pugh, comes over to Ireland um, to do this thing called the observation. She's doing it with a nun. There's this, I think she's like 10, maybe nine, 10 year old child who's deeply religious and she hasn't eaten for four months. And the nurse played by Florence Pugh has to watch her on eight hour shifts with the nun and figure out whether this, how she's doing it. If she's doing it, uh, she just has to observe and give her conclusions um, over, I think, like a two or three, three, three week period or something like that. Mm. Um, are you, you, you didn't record a voice message for this. You're I didn't gonna... record a voice message review of this. Um, just going to ride straight in. I'm just going to ride straight in and talk about it a bit. And this is what I thought of it. And then just talk. And then nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to say it's it. a it's a Netflix film. Uh, it's yeah. out on Netflix. It was also out in the cinema, though. It was out in the cinema. Uh, I watched it at home on Netflix, and it's um basically it's by this guy called Sebastian Leo Lelio or something like that. He's a director, mm-hmm. and um it's very very grim. And at the start, mm. I was really thinking uh, I was nervous about the representation of Irish people in it because you have this yeah. uh, British nurse coming over to Ireland. And uh, it's right after the famine. There's this very the the family that sh- she's observing, which is um, a deeply religious Catholic family. Uh, they're real weird. Immediately, yeah, yeah. Get very strange vibes. And mm. as the film goes on, more and more gets revealed. They make you really uncomfortable. And it's almost like almost gets into kind of horror territory or something like that. But it's really just like a psychological thriller that gets very very uh you know the more that gets revealed the more freaked out you are Mm. you're wondering how is this child doing this there's a mystery there um what i found was it was kind of like genre bending i didn't really know uh well it's not it didn't really matter i don't really care if it doesn't fit into a genre or something like that but sometimes i felt like uh the vibe of it was a little bit it shifted too much you know yeah yeah because at at one point towards the end i was like oh this is actually a thriller film it's like you know it's fast paced and you're kind of like, oh, oh, what's happening? What's happening? Is it going to happen? You're high tensions, high stakes. There's a child's life or whatever involved. And it's really like interesting. But the yeah, the main thing is it seems to be about like religion, uh, famine, um, trauma, how these things carry on. Uh, Florence Pugh is brilliant in it. The child um, actor, which is played by, I think I have it here. I think it's Elaine Cassidy. Um, Elaine Cassidy plays it. And then her mother is actually her real life mother. So the mother and daughter in the oh. film are actually the real life. They were both brilliant. Mother, very freaky kind of, you get, um, what's, what's that weird, uh, Louis through goes to visit that family, the most hated family in America. What's the name of them? Oh yeah. Um, I can't remember, but you know that the Westboro Baptist church, you yes. know, that family, you ever see the mother in that? And she's just this yeah, weird yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of, you get that kind of vibe off the mother, really weird. And, mm, um, mm. that's the kind of vibe you're getting. It's sort of a Westboro Baptist church kind of thing. Um, really deeply religious, uh, and kind of like, yeah, it just, uh, just that kind of vibe and really freaky. I find that kind of shit really scary and freaks yeah, yeah, me yeah. out a lot. Is, is, the, is the kid who's not eating claiming she has some kind of religious, a thing going on like she she's able to not eat because she's got some god connection or something or is she not is she giving an explanation for it herself yeah or? she says manna from god how is she eating she says manna from god that's what she, that's what her answer is and basically you're there you're watching it um and you're also like florence pre you're watching this going that's impossible like it's impossible for a child to survive this long yeah, without yeah. eating food and you and you watch it and uh, as she watches it and she's kind of like rummaging around she's trying to figure it out she comes as a, a, a disbeliever she feels affection with the child and stuff like that but she's like what the fuck is going on here mm. she knows something's off and and you know slowly it kind of gets revealed to us 
Uh, yeah, as I was saying, I was worried about the representation of Irish people in it because sometimes I feel those films are a little bit like it's not that they make us look mean or they just make us look a bit dumb or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, big um, But there's so many different characters. You have the pub owner, you have the sort of religious authorities, you have these, you know, people who want this to be a miracle because they, they have a miracle in their own parish and it's an amazing thing to talk about. Mm. Or you have the doctor who wants to have a scientific wonder and he's like, maybe she's feeding from the sun, maybe she's all these different people who have different vested interests and yeah, yeah. then you have no one whose vested interest is actually the health of the child and that seems to be it's all these different people who want to pull from it and stuff like that but there, there's a cool journalist guy and stuff there's a lot of different characters that are irish and i think there's a broad spectrum of them there so overall nice. i thought really good movie definitely nice. check it out i will i've been meaning to watch it i thought that the trailer looked like the witch Do you remember that film mm-hmm. but maybe without any mystical stuff well not mystical in the same way in that there's no you watch it you you just you you find out you watch the film you find out there's no spoilers is it we were going to watch it we watched the graduate which was good with dustin hoffman um Mm. who i believe is counsel but anyway um oh really apparently so wait what did he do what's the dustin hoffman cancellation i think he might have you're nodding at me knowingly i don't know what that means from raising your eyebrows Hmm? I don't think. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Well, actually, that's slanders. I don't know if that. Well, I mean, <laughs> the. Uh, but we watched that, and then we were going to watch another movie afterwards. And then Emir was like, "Will we watch the Wonder?" The Wonder. And I looked at a clip of it, and I was like, "Ah!" I'm after watching like a cool movie about a lad who's having an affair, and it's eighties, mm. and it's cool. Yeah. And I don't. This looks so grim. I don't yeah. watch this now. Uh, good soundtrack to the graduate, Simon and Garfunk. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, I really like that. But anyway, yeah, I thought the film looked a bit tough and grim. Um, it is. But I yeah, also want to see. Is. I think Florence Pugh is very good. How uh, great is Florence Pugh? Oh, how incredible is Florence Pugh? Oh, incredible. Oh, <laughs> how many times can you say oh? Oh, I could keep but going. No, I mean. I uh, uh, I was listening to the Kermode and Mayo podcast. And oh, he, uh, what's his name? Was it Kermode was talking about her walking into a room? They were in some uh, cinema in London, mm. and it was some big event. And Florence Pugh was talking, and she walked, she walked into the room, and he said, he just immediately, everyone was like, star, what a star! <laughs> and uh, and then I saw this TikTok video of Florence Pugh walking into a room, and she's just radiating. She's mm. radiating. And then there were some clips of her in Dublin when she was at the premiere for this in Dublin recently. And she just has a, a magic. And she go, and you just hear in interviews going, oh, I love Irish people. They're so great. Irish people are wonderful. And I was just melting. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Little old Ireland. She yeah. likes us. But I mean, obviously, she spent time here last year yeah. when she was shooting this film. But uh, really, the top, the top dog at the mm. minute, uh, mm-hmm. Florence Pugh. There's no one better. No, she is. She's good. I'm trying to think what films I've seen her in. Midsummer. Yeah. She's also in Little Women. Mm. She's very good in that. Um, on the topic of and stars. Fight with my family. Fight with my family. Yeah, the wrestling one. Yeah. Um, I watched the Late Late Toy Show on Saturday and mm-hmm. there was this kid who sang um, Take Me Home Country Road. You know that yeah. song? And he was just so good. Yeah. He like was really just fucking, his name was like he had a real weird name. His name was like Kalen or something. But then I looked up his YouTube channel and he's got low, he's like 12, but he's got cover, like him doing covers of country songs from like four years ago. And he's like a tiny little kid and he's doing these, he does a, a, a yeah. cover of that song, um, The Gambler by 
What's his name? Kenny Rogers, the guy who died recently. But yeah. uh, and he's just great. So check him out, guys. Does he's he do a any fucking little star. Nas X. Any little Nas X? No, but he could. I think he could be the next little Nas X. Oh, what's yeah. his name? I can't remember. But he's good. Yeah, we'll play a little clip it. of it. We'll play a little clip of it here. Yeah, do. To, can I do one, to, can I do one now? Yeah, you do one now. Okay, thanks. Um, so that night when I spoke about um, watching The Graduate and then not wanting to watch that film you just reviewed, we watched a different film mm-hmm. called American Movie. Um, I watched a trailer for it and I was like, "Yes, it's this looks called, good." It's an American movie called American Movie. I know, crazy. It's like Inception. How do they? How do they do that one? It's nuts. But anyway, I did record a voice review for this one, mm-hmm. so. This is what I thought of it. I just watched a film called American Movie, which I liked very much. It's a documentary about this guy called Mark Borchardt who lives in rural Midwestern America somewhere. And he uh, he basically just dedicates his whole life to making films. He's trying to make one that he's been making for a long time called Northwestern and then another one called uh, Coven. And... Yeah, the whole film is just him. He doesn't, he has like no money and he's just trying to like scrounge money off different family members and things. In in particular, his uncle, his very elderly uncle. And uh, it's just his whole kind of crew of friends who help him out in trying to make these movies. They're all like really close. Like it seems like a lot of them don't have a lot. Like they kind of live, they all live with their parents all in their 30s. They, it doesn't seem like they have a lot of money. But they live like seemingly quite a simple life. But this one dude is really, really dedicated to making the movies. And the other ones just seem quite happy to help him out wherever they can by, by being extras, helping in the editing room, all these things. But like what really makes the movie so good is like the characters in it are just so... Like it's hard to believe that they're real people. Like the the main guy is just so over the top and so... Uh, enthusiastic and just like intense about his movie making and the way he directs people and the way he kind of pitches his movies to people and stuff is like so funny and then his kind of right-hand man this guy called mike shank is like an extremely timid very what's the word a man of few words metalhead guy who is just like into black sabbath wears like black sabbath and rush t-shirts and he's kind of like constantly playing the guitar playing riffs and stuff but like doesn't really say anything and is kind of just like a soft-spoken man um and he seems just happy to go along and help his director friend do anything and then i don't know they're just such a crazy bunch of people and the guy mark borchardt has like the director guy has such a kind of funny energy about him he's just really nice to watch and i think you know it's also at times like there's scenes of him like receiving mail and it's like all bills and letters from the irs and, and stuff and like at times he talks about how much money he owes people because he's thanked so much of him to make movies and it's like god and i think it's not like he's not this like inspiring dedicated character i mean maybe in some ways he is but he also like he's got three kids and he lives with his mom and constantly complains about how he has no money but then you know there's nothing inherently wrong with that um but uh Living in those economic circumstances, he continues to put every cent he gets his hands on into making this film that he wants to make, which is, I guess, 
definitely questionable um he talks about like owing a lot of money to child support and stuff and then continues to like borrow more money to to make the movie which you're like ooh. but it was uh it was very 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 good i think you'd like it a lot it was uh just a funny bunch of guys doing making a funny looking movie there you go well, that seems like a really good movie. It is. Um, I'm really, really into that. <laughs> yeah. uh, just from seeing the trailer, like, Jesus. It's incredible. It's so funny. And do you know what it really made me think of, right? So this guy is is dedicating all his life to making a weird movie, and he's really eccentric mm. and stuff. I was thinking, like, so many big metal bands are, like, even, like, let's say David Cronenberg. I'd say mm. he went through a period of being a broke weirdo who just mm. spends all his time sinking money into making movies i'd say like a lot of directors do and it's kind of funny because if you don't become famous you seem like you're just a kind of a nuts dude yeah and if you do become famous then people are like oh he was a genius the whole time when he was younger he just dedicated yeah. his whole life to doing this and it's like there's probably a bunch of lads who are quite similar to to him i'm not saying there's tons of it, david cronenberg's out there or whatever yeah. but like it's just funny if you if you fully dedicate your life to something then in hindsight people will be like oh you're yeah. a genius from the start but yeah. if you don't become famous people are like why are you doing that but the, have you seen the documentary anvil with about the band anvil what's is that the name of it yeah anvil. i've heard of that one people were it's saying that's really good very very similar very similar vibe these guys it's about a a rock band who um who were big sort of on the the sort of power rock period of like black sabbath and all them mm. then they uh, they stop being so popular but they stay they're still a band they're like in their f- mid 50s and they stayed trucking and they're still trying to do it and they're still trying to make it's a really good documentary it reminds me a lot of that yeah except uh, they did have some measure of success okay. but it's just goofy very likable characters trying yeah, to yeah. do something trying to make it and uh there's just something really nice about someone who's really passionate about something mm-hmm. and, and maybe like they're not hugely success successful but they're trying to and they never stop believing and stuff exactly yeah. um I w- did you research anything about the what happened after this film was made or anything like that? Uh, like nothing really happened. I did look at his 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 Wikipedia mm. and like he released the, the actual well, well yeah. I'm wondering. It's about- kind of a spoiler, but like uh, okay, okay, no, because I'm wondering like the release of this documentary. Obviously, it's a documentary that's done very well. It's about him. You could say he has had success in some way or more success. I mean, it's grand jury prize at Cannes or whatever it's winning. It's funny. So it's, I mean, yeah. Cause I don't think any of his own films were success, but like, but I just know how his documentary is America, uh, works. And like, everyone's going to want to see that movie. If mm. anyone who's watched that documentary is going to want to see, I want to see that. I want to see the movie and see what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm but, sure it's got an audience there. No, I think so. It, like I've, I've watched clips of it and it looks like it's kind of quite <laughs> quite hard to watch uh, in a tommy was kind of way the way tommy was oh yeah was a huge guess. success yeah 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 i guess so but uh it's just it must be like i wonder like for him i wonder is it frustrating that like his own movie hasn't really gotten that popular but a documentary about him making the movie is mm. very successful yeah it's i'd like, say <laughs> i say that is a pretty it's like, fuck. indicative of uh I th- well i re- really recommend watching anvil um i'll check it out I, I think i thought that was nice about this as well as like um it kind of is like shows like rural american life there it's kind of like grim but also nice at the same time like they mm-hmm. all you know live as i said like pretty pretty simple lives and like he works in a graveyard and i think i don't know what his friend mike does but they're all like yeah they just kind of hang out in each other's kitchens and mm. drink beer and 
But they don't seem to really, like, they seem to just like doing it. It looks like Wayne's World. It looks like the yeah. lads in Wayne's World, except they don't have a TV show. They just <laughs> seem to like kind of doing that stuff and just hanging out. Although the guy, the main guy, is, like, insists that he like, is going to be, like, a millionaire one day. Oh, really? But he always says, like, he has... I need that's to what makes him so I'm interesting. It, man. I'm Googling it. I'm finding out. That's what makes him so interesting. The whole time he's like, I'm going to be so successful one day. And again, it seems nuts, but, like, Kanye West used to say that. And imagine it didn't work out for him, you know? Kanye West always said he was going to be a big famous millionaire and he did become one. But uh, So his name, Mark Borchart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's hear about his career. Uh, since the film has been released, uh, Borchart, Borchart? Borchart has made five appearances on the David Letterman show, okay. uh, including serving as Letterman's 2000 uh, election correspondent. He oh. made several TV appearances, the show with no name in Austin. Uh, he played cameo appearances on, on Family Guy, uh, along with Mike Shank. Uh, he was in, uh, he, he and Mike made their own TV series, Mark and Mike. Jesus, uh, he I hosted that. national television's uh, Night of the Living Dead, live from Wisconsin. Um, he's appeared in several movies. Uh, the One, The Tunnel, uh, Abbey Singer, The Godfather and Green Bay Modus Opera. He's in a lot of stuff here. It sounds um, like it's all quite quite niche stuff. Though. Yeah, it's very niche stuff. Um, he's made, he's he's talked about making a film. He's still, I don't think he's managed to make uh, any films. Um, he directed a, do- a, a documentary in 2018, which focuses on a UFO festival in Wisconsin called The Dundee Project. Fuck, um, I'd love to watch that. But he has not, it seems, so this is funny. In 2004, he announced he would direct Scare Me and sent out casting calls. In 2008, and he announced a 2009 release date, which was originally slated for a 2005 release date. As of summer 2010, the movie was still in production. And as of 2021, it has still not been released. (laughs) In April 2012, Boardchart stated that about 65% of the film had been shot and that he was happy with the first 40 pages of the script. However, he maintained parts of the script needed to be revised. And while he had a rough cut of some footage, there was no completion date in place for the project. According to a March 2013 update for the Scare Me IMDb page, the film had been set to release on April the 1st, 2014. It's still not been released. Um, oh my God. But uh, I think very, very look- nice uh, thing is that on his filmography, it, uh, the things that he's done... It says, scare me, in brackets, in production, role, writer, director. And it says, from 2004 to present. Oh, my God. So his job is, he's the writer, director of Scare Me, a film that's been in production for nearly the last 20 years. Jesus, nice. Well, it's going to be epic, I'd say. Would you say that is, in some ways, a successful career, though? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, if as long as he's happy with yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I pr- it's not a life that I would like to live. <laughs> <laughs> But, can't believe he has three kids yeah and he's conning they his... seem like lovely kids as well they're in the movie quite a bit and mm. they're kind of like with him in the in the in the editing rooms and stuff while he's doing stuff and they seem nice mm. um yeah it's a funny movie his mom is swedish and he she's like yeah. he gets her to like be in a lot of his movies and stuff and, and she really doesn't want to be but he like makes her because he's like mom no one else is gonna gonna do it <laughs> oh god yeah it's so funny um but yeah good movie check it bit of fun yeah. i like it funny dudes nice nice dudes mm. good movie yeah if well i i can't wait to watch it i'm gonna watch it immediately sweet um the next film we're gonna release we're gonna release <laughs> mm-hmm. the next film we're gonna review is called see how they run 
It's a film again that came out this year. It's a whodunit, um, which is about whodunits. Mm. It's starring, um, well, it's got a really good cast. It's got Sam Rockwell, Saoirse Ronan, Adrian Brody, and um, that's maybe everyone who I know. Uh, and Really good. Uh, it's a comedy film. Basically, it's about the play The Mousetrap. For those of you who don't know The Mousetrap, because I didn't know what The Mousetrap was, it's a stage production that happens in London. It's one of the longest running stage productions. It's an Agatha Christie whodunit film uh, play, and it's uh, written by Agatha Christie, and they perform it. It goes on every night, I think. It's been in production for, like, I don't know, like 80 years or something like that. It's wow. incredibly successful. And the whole thing is, like, it's a, it's a whodunit, uh, and someone's died, and we have to find out who it, who died. And that, And then what happens is there's a... Uh, American film director who's directing the adaptation of The Mousetrap from stage to the film and this director played by Adrian Brody dies and we have all the characters we're introduced to all the characters in classic whodunit style and then there's the police officer who's played by uh, Sam Rockwell and then his intrepid uh, helpful uh, police uh, you know he's the detective and she's the police sergeant uh, played by Saoirse Ronan a kind mm. of lovable ditzy uh well-meaning um you know police officer yeah and yeah basically the film uh is a classic whodunit the only thing that is oh, man you said whodunit so many times Go on. It, it's a classic <laughs> whodunit um where you need to know who who did it but it's uh basically they play with it because this is such a a style that you know so well it has yeah, the yeah. archetypal characters um and what they do is they reference all the classic tropes of those type of films. Yes. Um, so they have three months later or three weeks later or two hours later, they have people getting mixed up. They have the lights suddenly going off and then a smash, but they reference them in the film as they're saying them. So it's really quite funny the way they do it. Um, the film runs about one hour 40 or something like that. Not too bad. And it's, I found it very, very likable, really enjoyable, funny, uh, and maybe dragged a little bit towards the end, but it's so snappy and quick and uh, it goes, it, it runs along at such a, a, like a jolly little pace. Saoirse Ronan was hilarious. Oh, absolutely hilarious. I couldn't believe how funny she was. I was really like, you know, cackling at, at her. Uh, like, I mean, I just think people who are great dramatic actors, Mm, mm. them making the step in we've seen like comic actors stepping into drama so often and it happens all the time and everyone's like well you know that's because comedy is the hardest thing to do or whatever people are like oh comedy acting is the hardest thing to do search Ronan. who says that people say that all the time people say that all the time oh um, really yeah people say comedy is the hardest thing to act comedy is the hardest thing to act and um, how, how do you feel about it well, I mean, obviously it makes me feel amazing because that's what I do. So people think I'm wonderful. But, um, <laughs> Go on. Uh, but anyway, Saoirse Ronan's gone from dramatic acting into comic acting. And I got to say, she was so good at it. Nailing it. It was really impressive. And it was so cool to see her do a film like this because usually she comes out every year and she does a big, you know, Oscar looking film. A film that, yeah, yeah. you know, she, she'll come out, she'll do Lady Bird, she'll come out and do Little Women. A little Wes Andy. Or Brooklyn or something like that. And and she'll, she'll be looking for... Well, she won't be looking for it, but she'd be getting all the awards or nominated for all the awards. Here's she just a fun little comedy film um, that she maybe read the script and thought, this will be nice. And yeah, she's yeah. doing it. And it's, a, it's comedy acting. And she looks like she's having so much fun interacting with Sam Rockwell. And mm. I got to say, this is a really nice thing to just stick on. I never think about sticking on 
comedy films. This is a good no, one to stick neither. on. So, well, come uh, here. Yeah. So, Knives Out came out whenever that came mm-hmm. out. And now we've got Glass Onion out. Mm-hmm. Amsterdam sounds, as well. And Amsterdam. It sounds yeah. like we're getting a lot of these kind of films. Killian. Yeah, we are. And I'm fucking all for it. I love these kind of films. We also got the remake of Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, we had, the, which was this, like the second uh, Poirot, Poirot film. Uh, there was also uh, Murder on the Nile. So we, we mm. have... A lot of these films coming out and I'm all for it. Why the hell not? They're great. I, just, I think they are great, but I think they're also like the formula is largely the same for all of them. And I feel like mm. the reference point for a lot of these modern ones mm. are intentionally kind of accentuating the tropes of the genre. And when I, when I mm-hmm. hear you describe this film, like I thought Knives Out was funny because it's like, oh, it's a modern film with modern actors doing that whole mm. Poirot thing over the top mm. kind of camp fun over the top thing and the mm. way you're describing this to me I'm like it sounds like they're just doing that again yeah I was surprised at how similar this was to Knives Out except this one is uh, Knives Out it doesn't self-reference in the same way uh, this one is very self-referential meta. it's super meta it's doing that all the time so it does that on the nose but I'm all for it I'm sick of seeing you know Scandinavian uh, you know uh, detectives in a, a dark sludgy forest trying to find someone yeah, who's to their knees and shite body that's been murdered and it's just like oh for fuck's sake I just it's gr- crime is so associated with just as dark and as grim as we can possibly be yeah was, I, oh, no. what happened to oh, fun no, crime you know turns out all the babies have been murdered it's like <laughs> I don't want to fucking see that anymore I yeah. want you know Lady uh, Whistlewhite has been murdered in the drawing room and uh, turns out uh, all her fortune goes to her dastardly uh, grand nephew who's a playboy and we mm. all suspect that it's him but oh no it turns out it was her nice little uh, maid who actually you know it's I love all that shit yeah, I love she, it. she was fond of the drink yeah. and some people think maybe she took a spill in yeah. her head <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to seeing Glass Onion I can't wait to see it and uh, I, re- I really liked um, yeah I really liked to see how they run didn't see Amsterdam heard it was a hunk of shite yeah so did I um, but this was good and I recommend watching it I think it'd be I'll, hard pushed to not enjoy it I'll, I, if, if it's on TV on Christmas day I'll watch it and in any other circumstances I won't there's a high likelihood <laughs> no. so. I like these films but I just I feel like there's just been so many like period films coming out recently mm. and I'm just like ah yeah I actually listened to a, another podcast and mm. they were talking about how rare it is now that films come out that are just set in like 2022 yeah like well, contemporary movies it's that's interesting because you can't I don't think you can make stuff it's just Phones are so big a part of day-to-day life. Yeah. Every interaction is just like that. So it's kind of hard to write books or, uh, you know, make movies or TV shows or anything about today because you just have to somehow include phones in every aspect of it because yeah. we just all have phones all the time. Yeah. Whereas if you just said it like 15 years ago, people were, you don't have this massive feature of everyone's lives because mm. we all live through these things now. Over the, as you mentioned, like I was at those three concerts this week and I think my, my, like on the days following each subsequent one, mm. my screen time was reaching new record levels on the phone. <laughs> it was just so bad, really just scrolling yeah. away. And now I have, cause I have Reddit on my phone and I have Instagram and, mm. and actually I don't have notifications on WhatsApp. So I have to go in and see if I've got new messages. Mm. And then I like, I'm always like, I wonder if I got a message and I'll click yeah. in and I don't, yeah. but I still check it all the time just in case. Mm. Fuck fucking phones but yeah. i'm getting alarm bells in my head that i think we had this exact conversation on the podcast before well that's what happens when you're on your phone all the time yeah um no but i do think if you make a film nowadays and phones aren't in it you're just lying you're yeah, lying yeah, to everyone yeah. because everyone knows that they should be everywhere you don't you know it's just like phones were slightly in what was the re- most recent film i saw that was set 
in today's was probably um, like Wakanda forever. There's no phones in that really. Mm. And it's, and it's just like, you know, where's the phones? Where are the phones? Why isn't, why aren't they texting each other? Like there's yeah. no phones in it. Just that's people ha- go on your phone. That's I'd what be, we do all the time. For <laughs> a long running series, right? The Simpsons I'm going to talk about, but mm. like, Let's say that we're talking about The Simpsons, right? The mm. characters remain the same age. Do, mm. Would you say then the time period has to remain the same? No, because the celebrities and stuff yeah, true. come in. Like it has real world people all the time in it. I just remember like there's an episode of The Simpsons where Lisa got like an iPad or something. Yeah. And I was like, ah! Oh, that God. was jarring. Yeah. I don't want to see that. But then so at the, the same Simpsons time... Simpsons stay the same age. They're sort of calcified in yeah. the same age there's some it's like never never land but the rest of the world is aging all around them mm-hmm. it's, it's like it's strange. like it's like the children of lear is that what it's called no what's, yeah what's the thing where Fiona no. kill falls off his horse oh yeah that's uh or he doesn't fall off but he gets off and then yeah he goes to, he goes to that sacred land on the island Tiernanog. springfield is Tiernanog. well evergreen terrace is Tiernanog. No, t- t- uh, Springfield, because everyone in Springfield is Yeah, you're totally right. It's yeah. Springfield. Springfield. Um, well, uh, we, I think, Actually, should. Oh. S- Simpsons known for their episodes that parody films. Mm-hmm. And one good one they did was a parody of the film Cape Fear, which we're going to enter the classics corner now. We're entering classics corner. Come with me on a journey back to 1962, a film starring Robert Mitchum and Gregory Peck, classic, unsettling, kind of spooky horror film, Cape Fear, remade by Martin Scorsese, close friends of ours, Mm -hmm. in the 90s, starring (laughs) Robert De Niro and Juliette Lewis and uh, some other people. Um, Oh, Nick Nolte, um, who's a man whose name you don't hear a lot, but I like to say that name. Mm and this is what I thought of the film. So I just watched Cape Fear, 1962 Cape Fear, with Robert Mitchum and Gregory Peck. And it was a very good movie. Um, a lot scarier than I remember the Robert De Niro one being. I'm not sure if that's just because it's old and in black and white, but I feel like even some of the scenes, I was like, this is so scary. And it really made me think, like, you don't need, like, ghosts and ghouls and goblins and shit <laughs> in movies all those goblin movies um you don't need that kind of stuff in movies to make them like really fucking scary like the whole premise of this film is um gregory peck's character was a witness and like took the stand in a trial against this guy for a crime and the guy basically ended up going to jail for eight years and then when he gets out of jail he just dedicates his whole life to just tormenting uh gregory peck and his family and that's actually fucking the scariest thing ever uh, i said to emer would you rather be haunted by a ghost or have like a scary guy just constantly kind of stalking you and kind of tormenting you all the time and we were both like fucking ghost like it was <laughs> it's such a scary thing like the concept of like a man who has nothing to lose and it only solely lives for vengeance um and doesn't really care what the fuck you do to him is such a scary concept like and it's funny because it's it's interesting to see how like the kind of role of like masculinity in the film or whatever because gregory peck's obviously supposed to be the kind of man of the house and the you know he's the leader of the family and he kind of 
is the one always kind of trying to protect them and stuff but he's just completely like emasculated by this scary lad who is actually kind of more slight than him and smaller but he just is like no he just has no fear of anything and that's such a scary concept like the man with no fear who's just willing to torment you forever um it was like some of the scenes in the film were proper like i was like god this is so sick and scary like he your man robert mitchum is such a so good at playing just a real rotten dirtbag <laughs> yeah it was just so many like good like well acted i guess but really uncomfortable scenes and just you could really feel for the family and you're just like oh no this guy is back it's either gaff or he's fucking back he's like watching them play bowling or he's watching he's just always around and he always appears and he's always ugh, good movie oh yeah good movie that sounds like it should, it should be a movie we should be reviewing during halloween week oh because that was sounded spooky it was scary yeah. it was, but like it was scary in a weird way where like like your man they're just trying to like live their lives and then he like there's one scene where they're just going out on a boat they're like a well-off mm. family as well yeah they, they're going out in a boat for the day and your man just shows up and is just standing on the pier and they're like your man's like what the fuck are you doing here and he's like nothing why wouldn't i be here I'm and they're just, not getting a restraining order no because he hasn't done anything illegal like that's the, a lot of it is him like because the guy is an attorney mm. and he's trying to find ways to like sue him or whatever but then kind of an interesting thing that comes into it is he's friends with the police mm. and then the police uh, start kind of arresting your man loads and stuff and mm. questioning him and, and detaining him. And then he hires a really high ranking lawyer to sue the family for abusing him. Oh my God. Like as a counter thing. So then he's like untouchable because they're like, listen, like, and even the police are like, listen, this is like pretty hot. Like we can't, keep investigating him because like he, yeah. he has proof that they've like detained him like multiple times in the same week for no reason oh, Jesus. and that it's just really makes him but man Robert, he keep he keeps like going up to him and like set, like he says like i'm gonna do something to your wife and daughter that they're never gonna forget and stuff it's so oh God, sick. That's scary man it's so horrible and <laughs> jesus and then like also like some stuff happens to them and like it may or may not be your man mm. like it's a bit where their dog dies Mm. and then they're like was this did he do this i don't know oh like, jesus that's know? terrifying so their whole life has just been like is this scary lad god gonna it's fucking so good like yeah would you would you rather haunted by a ghost or scary lad constantly pestering you uh i could take the ghost 100 percent ghost would i take the ghost no i take the man no ghost the ghost can't go you can't get rid of the ghost you see uh ghost is there forever potentially uh, whereas man, there's a chance I could take him on and I could beat him. What uh, kill him? Well, I'd have to uh, if he's if he's gonna come after my wife and my child, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna go twice as hard after him. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. I'm go well, I mean that's that's, what, that's Killian. Don't mess with. Don't mess. No, with don't worry. Killian's wife and child. <laughs> my wife and child. Don't mess with them. No, um, but like he he because that's another thing. There's a bit where they're like they're like we could there's something happens like they're like we could easily lock him up for this he could get you know five years for this and the guy's like then in five years he's just going to be back out again tormenting me again yeah and it's like God, can so you not scary. hide from him i don't know he's a wily character like yeah he's a wily character i don't what, know you would prefer to be haunted by a ghost yes well you can't you wouldn't be able to get any sleep 
I don't think I'd be sleeping too well if there was a fucking scary lad constantly hanging around outside my house. Well, that's what I'm saying. Tete a tete, mono a mono. I have a straightener with him. I, walk, <laughs> I don't know why he does, the movie isn't five minutes long because I'd, if I was on the boat, I'd see the guy and I'd say, all right, you, me, you, you, me, five minutes in the octagon and uh, we're going to go. Let's just settle this like men. <laughs> yeah. Let's just settle this like men. The, uh, maybe, uh, actually, you know, now that you're saying that, like if, if you're he, strong, Mark, if you did, you're just, really good at climbing. Well, yeah, but I don't know. So he can't catch it. He'd never be able to catch it. Yeah, but he might catch my wife and kids. That's true. Yeah, but you've got to teach your wife and kids how to climb. Mm, maybe. <laughs> Wait, so that's just fleeing. But you're saying you'd, you'd have to kill the man. I'm just saying you've got a lot more advantages than you think. Well, I think world. then you'd be haunted with the, uh, the... And then what if he turns into a ghost? Oh, shit. So you're getting two for the price double of one. Double whammy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's doubler. You've just gone from one to the other. Out of the, out of the frying pan into the fire there. Yeah. Um, well, I think we're getting to a point where we must say tschüss and adios to you guys. But first of all, uh, we would like to, um, uh, direct you towards our Instagram, which is popcorn boys pod boys with a Z. Mm. Um, because we are very interested in getting more Instagram followers, more anything. I want to hit that thousand so bad. Yeah. Mark wants to get it to the thousand. I obviously... That's nothing. It's to nothing me. to me. That's, that's a drop a piss in the, ocean. the pot. That's a piss in the pot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as they say, <laughs> I would sell. I would sell. I would swap five thousand Killer Sunday followers for five hundred Popcorn Boys pod. Can you do this? That'd be no, nice if you I could just transfer that. them. If I could transfer, if there was like a two to one ratio, you could be like three to one ratio. I'd transfer if, if I was like hand in five thousand. Killer Sunday followers, and you will get 500. Wait, how many? You've got 112. Yeah. Thousand. Mm-hmm. Just fucking whack 12 over to MK, and then you're still at 100. That's still an honorable amount. Yeah, but you can't. I mean, I was going to say, you can't really beg people to follow. It doesn't really work. But here we are at the end of the podcast. <laughs> no, is there not a way you can just, you can just, <laughs> you can just kind of do a transfer, like with a bank? Yeah, I wish you could. Why? Not? Just, Here's an idea. Yeah. You delete all your posts mm. and just change your Instagram into the MK Ultra Film Instagram. Oh, fucking Popcorn Boys Instagram. Yeah. And then you start using the Popcorn Boys one and turn that into Killer Sunday. And then that's it. But then I, that's where, that's my main uh, output for my comedy is my Instagram at the moment. You'll still have an Instagram. Yeah. But it'll have 800 followers. It's like doing a refresh. <laughs> it's like Marco Pierre White when he returned as Mitchell and Stars. That's what you're doing. It's did he do that? Pierre Why White. did he do that? Why? Yeah. Because he wanted to go again or something. I think he like was like, he worked real hard to get them and then he got them. And then the, I think maybe like the motivation was lost or something like that. I could have this all wrong, but I yeah. think that was it. And then he was like, I don't want these mission stars anymore. I want to earn them again. So if you were a fucking true artist, that's what you would do. So I said, you're sick. telling me to get rid of all my followers and earn them again. Not get rid of them, but transfer them to <laughs> a better cause. <laughs> anyway, I actually feel like we should do this stuff at the top of the show as well. Yeah, well, uh, we can do that. Well, we can do that next week. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Um, please send any film reviews you have to popcornboyspod at gmail.com and uh, we might read it if it's any good. Oh, also, we did, sorry, can I quickly say we got a lovely review because we did say we would read out um, a review if it was nice and we got a nice review off someone um on our podcast it said 
Turkey Twizzler gave us a five star review. Love the pod, but reserve the right to update my five stars until after I get my hands and ample gums on a turkey Twizzler just in time for Thanksgiving. <laughs> From Sally A via Apple Podcasts in the United States of America. Thank you so much, Sally. In the United States, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, we got a good few listeners. I'll have you know that this was at one point, this, this podcast, because I have the thing right here. This was at one point the 79th most popular film review podcast in the United States of America. What? Yeah, the 79th most popular. Damn. That, that, was, that was just like two days ago. 1979, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, uh, but we are, if you want to know what our rankings are like at the moment, uh, we're down to, we were up to two in Ireland film reviews, but we are down to 11th now. Uh. We're up to 58th most popular Italian film review podcast. <laughs> we're the 136th. Most popular New Zealand film review podcast. Okay. And get this. Do you want to know what our peak was in the Japanese film review podcast? Was At one point on November the 10th, we were the 22nd most popular film review podcast <laughs> in Japan. So it looks like we're going to Japan. This is the global uh, enterprise. This is a global thing. And it's really nice to have you all part of it. Popcorn um, global. We love our listeners in Japan, Spain, Germany, France, yeah. Australia, Canada, and Italy yeah. and New Zealand. We Arigato, love you all. Gracias. Um, Good day, mate. Obrigado. 